0: Welcome to the Christus Educational Podcast Series. I'm your host, Michael Williams, Clinical QA QA Coordinator. In this episode, Dr. Brandon Euler and I have two guests in our office today. It's going to be Adam Elliott and Michael McNabb. These two will share their stories about the call involving a patient having a myocardial infarction, STEMI, going into cardiac arrest, and then achieving ROSC. It's an amazing story in listening to their perspective on how they cared for the acs patient here in east texas so sit back and relax and enjoy our team when discussing the acs patient
1: all right welcome back everybody glad to have you back for another podcast Uh, we missed last month because of ce days but hopefully that was beneficial to you Uh, we hope you're enjoying the summer um, and glad to have another podcast today. We do have some guests with us today that we're really excited about, Adam Elliott and Michael McNabb. Uh, we're going to talk about a case uh, that they had and a patient that they took care of here recently and had a, a really good outcome. Before we get started, I'm going to have you all kind of introduce yourselves. Tell us you know, your name, experience, how long you've been a medic, EMT, anything else you want everybody to know.
2: i uh, been a medic for almost four Um supervisor in Will's Point now. Uh, I'm Michael McNabb. I got my EMT
0: about a year ago. Started working at Christus three, four months ago.
1: Awesome. Good deal. Well, we're glad to have you all here. Uh, like I said, excited to talk about the case and hope that other people can hear about y'all's experience and the patient you took care of and learn something from it. Uh, before we get into it, just real quick, um, the red bags uh, are new. They've been in use for a few weeks now. Uh, A lot of you have made suggestions uh, on how we can improve these and where to relocate some things. We've taken some of that into consideration. And um, Michael sent out an email, I think, what, two weeks ago or Mm -hmm. a week ago, um, talking about the changes and how we want the red bags to be. So if you can and if you haven't already, which I hope you have, uh, but if you haven't, make sure that those red bags uh, fit the email uh, with everything located where uh, we talked about, uh, I think you sent some pictures with
0: it. I did. Uh, pictures with what items went into each compartment. Yeah. So it should make it a lot easier
1: yeah.
0: than the original uh, release of yeah. them. I will say we changed the name of Red Bags. To the, the first, first, end first in first in bag, bag yes. And, and guys, why is that? Because it's the bag we take with us first. That's segment.
1: right. Make sure that y'all do that. We want the red bags to be, or the first in bags to be uniform. Uh, that way, if you pick up a shift uh, at a different location, you know where everything is every time you pick up that bag. Uh, so it's important that we do that. If you have other changes that you want, let Michael um, or somebody here at Clinical know. That way, we can review it and see if it's something that we we think is is feasible or or the right thing to do. Anything else, Michael? No, Who's I nice?
0: think that's good. Oh, the C E days. They changed the name of it now too to, to Team
1: Huddle. That's right, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah, team so huddle. Team Huddle
0: will be done I think twice a year in the same format that we've done. But then we're gonna add a new component where we're gonna be bringing in the paramedics quarterly here to Cotton Street, to, doing specific tasks and skills and knowledge okay. based stuff. Yeah, so be
1: cool.
0: and our education department will be rolling that out soon.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into the case Um, and the patients y'all took care of. First off, y'all did an excellent job. The patient had a good outcome um, and y'all did everything right. Textbook. So to kind of start off, we'll go through the case. There's not going to be near as much educational to this one uh, as there have been in the past, but there will be a little bit kind of, was it busy? Was it slow? Uh, I
2: don't. I don't really. I think it was one of the first calls of the day. If it wasn't the first it, call it of, the, first call of the day, it was the first call of the day. Um, it was later in the day though, too. Like right? nine in the morning. Yeah, yes, yes, nine Okay. Nine.
0: Um, was it hot? <sighs> it, it was a hot day later, but it hadn't warmed but up. it was yeah. still kind of cool yeah. and
2: mild. It was a good day. We, I, we were both kind of yeah. glad to be working together, and it's always a better day. You know, the day is going to start off good when you work with somebody that you know is competent and that you can. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you can.
1: Trust, trust, and, you trust work. and work together.
2: Good teamwork, you know. Yep, absolutely.
0: So, tell me, um what were you guys doing when the call came out? Uh, so, we were actually working on truck checks. Where are we working on yeah. truck check? When does happen? Drinking coffee and working on truck checks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good day. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It
2: was anytime before noon. I'm still drinking coffee. I promise. How did, came out. call ten. You know, the first thing I know, the first thing I thought was clear day, like. As far out as we are, that's the first thing. you. When we, you, you get a trauma, you get a stroke, you get a stemi wh- or whatever, chest pain, you look at the sky and you go, okay, do I, am I going to have flight as an option? Because we're an hour away from anywhere to, mm. to get them some help. So uh, I know first thing I thought was we can get a bird today. Cool. So um, got the call. Um, I don't know where you, you, no. we show up yeah. on scene. Yeah. Uh, the call was actually at a... A local airfield around there, and it just said chest pain. I don't remember what the note said as far as um, like you know they add little tidbits in there sometimes, yeah. but you never really can't trust it one hundred percent because yeah, they're only fit. telling us what they're getting fed. So sure, sure. Uh, We got to the airfield airport, and there was a building. We parked right up in front of the building and was directed in. Somebody was outside, weren't they directing us in? Yeah, I think it was the uh, manager, office yeah. manager. And so. When we first walked in the door, the patient was sitting I would say almost 25 yards across the yeah, like that. clutching his chest. Look, you know they teach you to look sick or not sick. Mm-hmm. He, looked he, sick. Looked he looked sick. Look right? He sick. was obviously in distress when we walked through the door and um made our way to him and asked him, you know, what happened, how what's going where, where are you hurting, what's going on? Um said he was walking across either the field or the tarmac or what he said he was walking and it just his chest started hurting michael immediately started putting the 12 lead on him and getting vitals. and he was diaphoretic pale um
0: and it was a cool day but he's diaphoretic. yes
2: yeah. yes he was and cold sweat it was major pain you could tell he was hurting so bad mm-hmm. and i asked him what kind of history he had he said he had a pig pig valve transplant mm-hmm. A long time ago. That, I said that recent? Yeah, I put it in the back of my head. I didn't really. He said it was a long time ago, so I didn't think it was anything that would be crucial at the moment. But I have no idea what the contraindications of a pig valve. Is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. But so we did the twelve lead, and I think the first one printed off. The old doc in the box yeah. said, "Of course, I." I was taught, and I don't always look at the dock in the box, but we all kind of glance, you know. Yeah, it but it least. was obvious inferior elevation. So I said, and the one of the people he worked with, he obviously was an employee there. He had a shirt on that had the name of the airfield on it. And So one of his bosses or whatever says, you know, is he okay? He said, I said, no. You know, I think we're having a heart attack. We're we're fixing to go. We're rolling up, and we're moving him over to the stretcher. And um...
0: So at that point, yeah, we got him on the stretcher. Uh, checked in with flight, I believe they're eight to ten out.
2: Yeah, and that's when we
1: alerted Co- Coach code STEMI.
0: Yeah. So you did that through so your dispatch app or through dispatch? To dispatch. Yeah. So
1: dispatch, dispatch. you called dispatch mm-hmm. to activate with the facility you were going to. Yeah, and, correct. Okay. Told him mm-hmm. we needed a bird activate Coach Timmy. <clears throat> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Let me go back just a little bit to that twelve lead. So you did a twelve lead. Yes, sir. You found some, you said inferior elevation, right? Two, three, and a little bit of... Was there a concern that we needed to probably do a right side?
2: Uh, It was pretty obvious it was right sided. I mean, uh, there was no, especially with his presentation. Yeah. If there would have been some, I see this, but I didn't see his presentation, his presentation yeah. wasn't with it. Maybe I, I would have thought more of do a right sided. Yeah. But there so was he, no question. But you immediately so,
1: had concern that there might be yes. right side involved. Yeah. Be,
2: yeah. So, so, that that, your so you just withhold. Without... We just withheld the nacho, did the aspirin, Um, got him on the stretcher, got him into the, into the box, got a line started. And of course we went the aspirin, we went the whole, down the protocol, you know, down yeah. the list. And, uh, but I can't give him. Not true. So I pulled out my little handy dandy thing I keep in my pocket with fentanyl what? in it. Oh, so your narc pouch, you keep my it on your pocket. Now yeah. is that,
0: that's because, and you had it handy because you didn't leave it in the ambulance, right?
1: <laughs> all, right. <laughs>
2: all right. So you could actually give that. Them- but at this time I was in the ambulance by this time. Oh, okay. We,
1: uh, okay. we, we try to get them in pretty quick. Yeah. But it's, you still carry it with you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Just think, I actually, one of the old medics that I learned from when I first started this, only five years ago, I know, but still, uh, he had one before that was, it was a thing that everybody had one. He did that every shift. I always thought that was pretty neat and when we went to it. I'm like, man, that's cool. Cause it is neat when you're in the ditch with somebody having a seizure or somebody yeah. in, and you have that older lady with a hip broken hip in the house <laughs> and all that, you can go ahead and handle treat it, it. Where, where they're at. And... So anyways, back to him. Um, I think at some point in there, yeah, we're getting the IV, uh, we're getting everything together. Uh, i give him 50 of fentanyl because I couldn't get and he was in pain he was definitely eight nine ten out of ten i don't remember what yeah. he told me but super pain um at that point i give him the fentanyl i remember standing up and walking around behind him and i don't know where where were you i at was then? i was
0: off to the side so the passenger side of the uh, okay ambulance. and that's when he
2: started posturing yeah and like, started posturing he started shaking and raising his arms up like that and i looked down at the monitor and it was he was in v-fib and i yeah. tongue, tongue completely included the airway yeah yeah so at that point which hindsight's twenty twenty, i know seeing the amount of elevation he had and realizing it was a stimulant, enough for me to already activate enough i should have had pads on him and I know I should have had pads on him. Was that you slapping your hand? That's you <laughs> slapping my hand. I should have done it. And and definitely this was a good a good example of why I should have had pads on him. Because there was a time there that I didn't have that I could have immediately defibrillated.
1: Yeah, there was a little delay from when you from reviewing the chart from going into the V fib yep. um, yeah. to defibrillation. There's a slight delay. And do you right. think it was because you didn't have I didn't have pants. I on. had to cut his
2: shirt off. I mean, we pulled his shirt up and we did a twelve lead and we wiped him off and all that. He was, yeah. a, we we tr- you know did all that with care and da, 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 but all of a sudden he went into VFib. Yes, yeah.
1: but you recognized it and yes, immediately moved immediately. to treat it. Yep. And
2: somewhere in this now this is kind of were you pumping chest yet? I don't know. Yeah,
0: remember. I just started
2: pumping chest. You, so you, I we charged two hundred yeah. joules, defibrillated, and I told him jump on the CPR. And he got on it, and I was already getting the airway out. Like, matter of fact, now that I think about it, flight well, had opened the doors here, and I said, "I'm fixing to grab an eye gel, or I'm getting an eye gel down." And they said, "Well, let's just go ahead and innovate," which I got excited. I'm like, "Okay, be better, you know, <laughs> let's innovate," you know. And uh, about that time, yeah, he pushed me off the top of him. The
1: patient started coming yeah. kind of back. <laughs> <at him. clears throat> I said, yeah,
2: "Okay, well, all right, we're we're back in. I, I don't remember what rhythm it went into. I think it was." idioventricular at first and then went into sinus kind of organized
0: uh, I think, back into, yeah, yeah i think it
1: was back into sinus shortly after yeah that.
2: so when he pushed
0: you uh, off of him did he say anything or uh, was it he still kind of out of it or so he's still kind of out of it um while i was doing cpr i'd look down and he kind of opened his eyes and i was like well i don't know <laughs> so i kept i probably did 10 15 more compressions and then he blinked and i was like oh
1: Oh, he's a- <laughs> okay and then that's when he yeah. pushed
0: me off the top of him yeah yeah that kind of uh, is a good indicator yeah they're <laughs> <really laughs> yeah, yeah. pushing you away hey. yeah. That yeah. Means? he okay. said hey
2: hey to me you know he he said. Said, yeah that he was going hey hey his eyes you know and kind of all realized at the same time like oh he's back Hi. You know? <laughs> so uh and he, at that time he remained
0: hypertensive pretty much didn't the he? whole time i believe yeah right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: um That's when Flight got in, and of course, this was all kind of—it was happening fast. Uh, But Flight got in, and they asked if I had a hundred bag, and which can I say that on here? That that was a cool thing that I learned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, in high stress situations like this, ever since I've been, you know, going doing ACLS and all that, we know that without a pulse, it's three hundred, and with a pulse, it's one hundred over ten minutes, right? I mean, one fifty. I'm sorry, one fifty over ten minutes, but that's a lot of stress and that's a lot of to think about and to get an IV pump out. Well, fly jumped in and said, do you have a hundred bag? They just pulled it up shot it in that hundred bag and 60 drop set and said, they just kind of set it where, how did you say it? Just broke the drip. broke the, dri- the drips. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what they did. They kind of slowed it down just to where it just barely could see it dripping. And it was a steady flow, but barely, you know, barely a break in it. And he goes, that'll be 10 minutes. And it was just revolutionary to me. Like, wow, that makes so much sense. And so I could work with that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and at that point, that's when we moved him over to there. and
0: went to check on him. We actually got to go in and shake his hand and talk to him. Really? I was a really neat experience. Yeah.
1: That yeah. is cool. It, it is, is awesome. awesome. To see awesome. him walk die and talk and, and die in front of you. Did
2: he remember you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. he us. yes. Yeah. He was happy to shake our hand and told us,
1: thank you. And, yeah, that's, awesome. that's really, a huge really testament, cool. I think, to, to the care that y'all provided, too. It was, it was awesome. It that's was cool. Definitely something to remember. That's not, y'all don't get a whole lot of closure, really. No, no, no you we don't. Care Once we
2: drop, let them go, drop them off, whatever. Yeah. A lot of times I try to call back and check, and, but, yeah. you know, unless it's our facility and they know that I dropped them off, you know, they can't tell me yeah. and they don't yeah. want to tell me. And so I don't get much closure on a lot yeah. of stuff. But that was neat. That's yeah. cool. That is really cool.
0: Now, I was looking at your times, and I just want to throw this out here. Okay. From your at-patient time to at-destination, which is, I'm sure, your destination. Did you just have to drive around? Uh, Fifteen foot forward. Yeah, we pulled 15 foot forward. Whenever they opened the gate for us, we pulled out to the path. the aircraft was right there, and it was just the easiest thing. Twenty-one minutes. For to actually have From at
2: scene to totally getting to on
0: a, into the aircraft. Onto, onto the Can power. you imagine? You did you did a whole thing with assessment, move them, resuscitation.
2: On. Oh, Jerry Reed said, "When you're hot, you're hot." That's it was it was picture perfect. It was, and, and like I said, starting out with knowing that we could get a bird because the weather was good. Yeah. To uh, being at an airport, mm. I mean, there was no stress. If I need a fire department. God bless yeah. the firefighters. No, <laughs> you know, and, uh, getting an LZ and all that, none of that drama, you know, we had an LZ right there. Yeah. So it was everything real, just set up perfect. Yep. The day. Yeah. It was this gentleman's day for sure.
1: Um, kind of going back to the defibrillation, if you defibrillated, uh, and he didn't get ROSC, what would you have done? Continued with CPR.
2: Okay. Know, uh, would have went up to 300 joules and then shot again. You know, if we stayed in VFib, uh, Definitely, we started an IGEL, got an IGEL going and put him on the vent. And Transferred to transfer fly. To, we, yeah. yeah. To fly. Yeah. Because um, yeah, we had already called them before. Yeah. Way, so.
0: I think yeah. some of the focus is, is that, you know, you guys were very really lucky in having that first defibrillation, yeah. having yeah. conversion. And after that, it doesn't sound like you had them very much longer to do anything else yeah. with, you know, uh, giving the MBO right, right mm-hmm. to load it and maintenance and those type of things. Uh, Fly probably did that, yep. if anything.
2: No, they yep. said that one one hundred and fifty was all they got. That's all they had to do. Yep. And then they were there at the hospital. Yes. And
0: but not all cases are that no. way. Yours no. was great, and I think this is where Doc, you're going yep. right. Is but, that yes?
1: Yeah. And it's with you know early defibrillation, which y'all did. You know, even with the very slight delay of getting the shirt off, putting the pads on, early defibrillation is key, uh, and y'all did that. Uh, the one thing that I was kind of going to throw in just as an educational, which we've made some CPG changes recently, is um, with uh, dual sequential defibrillation and vector change defibrillation. Uh, so I don't know if y'all have learned much about that or read about it much. Uh, I read about it,
2: but when you brought it up a while ago, I didn't remember what vector yeah. change was. But...
1: So that's what I want to talk about real quick, just so, you know, we've gone through the case, patient had a great outcome, Um, y'all got to meet him, which I didn't know, Uh, shake his hand after he got out of the cath lab, did all that, so that's awesome, and y'all did a great job. So I just want to talk real quick about um, refractory V-fib, so there's a a randomized control trial, the DOSE V-fib trial, Uh, it was published in New England Journal of Medicine in November of 2022. Uh, and it was a trial looking at refractory v uh, and what do you do? You know, we always do CPR, do our defibrillations, but are there other options? And so they looked at dual sequential defibrillation versus vector change. Uh, and so they had two different um, arms of the trial. Uh, and with double external defibrillation or sequential defibrillation, you had a second defibrillator that would provide an additional shock with your first defibrillator um so you're two 360s at the same time yep yep lighting them up lighting them up right a lot of electricity and coming from
2: anterior to lateral right
1: Yep. okay yep uh so traditional anterior lateral placement of the pads and that's with both uh defibrillators um, and so they compared that to vector change, um, which is where you change pad placement from anterior lateral to anterior posterior. Um, and we don't have the ability here to do most of the time, I would say probably greater than 90% of the time, because yeah, you're by yourself. Uh, and you have one defibrillator. So we don't really have the ability to do dual sequential. So we have the ability to do vector change. And so Kind of looking at both of these, um, they actually think that vector change accounts for more success than the double sequential, and it's because of the pad placement. Um, Some say that that's not true. The double sequential actually is better because you get increased energy. You got just two times electricity. And so you get, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so you get a lower threshold on your defibrillation. They looked at adult patients with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest that had a reva- refractory v fib, as I talked about, the dual sequential or the vector change. Um, and they looked at hospital uh, discharge. So what was the outcome to discharge? And that was their primary outcome they looked at. They had 405 patients, um, and they actually stopped the trial early because of COVID. Their goal was to get 930 patients, but they stopped it early because of COVID. 68% of the arrests in the study were witnessed, 58% had bystander CPR, and they found that with dual sequential defibrillation, they had a 30.4% survival rate to discharge, with vector change at 21.7% survival rate to discharge, uh, yeah. and in standard care, about a 13.3% survival wow. rate. So you can tell, even with just vector change alone, that's a huge, oh, yeah. huge yeah. change Almost in double. survival to, to hospital double, discharge. Yeah. Um, and so there is a, a mortality benefit from both vector change and dual sequential defibrillation the one downfall of this trial is that it was unblinded and so medics knew what they were doing whether it was dual sequential versus vector change uh, so there's that's one bias to this can I ask um,
2: situation if the situation was in such a way that I had an AED hanging on the wall
1: mm-hmm.
2: I've never been in that situation but get, do they shock at the same time i mean i, I know you hit so
1: button, with, hit button i've done i've done dual sequential a few times and so you put the pads on uh you have both you charge them at the same time and there's some thoughts that you hit the hit shock at the same time yeah. some is you hit one and hit the other but i've always done it you charge the same time you shock at the same time. time that's the way i was I, taught well
0: I the know. sequential and i've done some research on this is that that with the manufacturers of a lot of these they won't orient them if you're actually doing this. Yeah. So and the the concern is the feedback from one to the other Turn will blow in. the circuitry. Okay. So if you do one and the other almost like pow pow like that, okay. then um, it won't actually feed back into the other. And it's unit. gotta
2: be just as dang effective to that patient. Yep. I mean Yeah. yeah that's yep. where the
0: word sequential kind of is. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep.
2: right? Okay.
0: Pick
2: it so that's yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got it. <laughs> Um, So that's, you know, one of the studies that we looked at and why we've changed ours. I think it was in the last six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the vector changes. Uh, But at RCPG, we changed it to where if you have refractory V-fib, which is V-fib that doesn't respond to three or more standard defibrillations, we can do a vector change. If you happen to have um, another defibrillator, then you could try the dual sequential. Um, and then there's Esmolol as well, uh, which is a medication, um, that, uh, you can also use in refractory V-Fib. Okay. Uh, so those are two options. If, you know, this patient wouldn't have, you know, gotten ROS right after that initial defibrillation that we could have.
2: And then, I mean, of course it would have been a, within v it would have been a 300 milligram dose of, amy <laughs> yep. right off the bat yep. and then. That part, I'm not scared of. I can do that real easy, but it was the, it's the, infusion, the infusion over 10 minutes, over 10 minutes when yeah. the crap's in yeah. the fan. Yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I think the 100 mil bag. I think, Michael, you, you tell people this all the time when yeah. we talk about amio, is you kind of use the same method yep. to give it, don't you?
0: When I was teaching ACLS and and then when people get to come visit me and yeah. we'll sit and talk about it and stuff. So
2: yeah. And, you know, maybe I had been told that before, but to see it live and live in color, it, it stuck this time. Yeah, like it, it really, it changes, yeah, yeah it really definitely changes yeah
1: it's stuck yeah well awesome um do y'all have any other thoughts about the patient about the care you provided anything
0: has it changed your care
2: you know what getting the pads on quicker for sure yeah is this is actually my second patient that has gone into v-fib in front of me the first one wasn't quite as obvious that they were having a, a stimmy i mean mm. It was, but it wasn't not like this one. This one was picture-perfect. This yeah. one was textbook. This one was the first one that did it wasn't a textbook, and I found out a lot of cool things about angiogenesis and all that stuff that uh, getting the pads on early is definitely going to be something that I'm going to get better at. Probably going to got a right-sided faster.
1: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> right-sided
0: 12
1: If you have an inferior MI and you recognize that, yeah. if you're unsure, I think the right-sided helps you 100%. Right. But I don't think – yeah. I, I'm not going to say you have to get a right sided every time. Yeah. If that makes sense. It was, I mean,
2: Ray Charles could have seen that, seen that yeah. this guy
1: was having a stimmy. I mean, y'all both recognize that. Y'all recognize yeah. the stimmy and and had concern. Both of you had concern for the right side involvement. Yeah. And so, but no, y'all did a great job. Um, I appreciate y'all coming in today, especially after working, what, at 48? Is yeah. that right? I, I, yeah, I did 24. You did 20, 48. Well, 24 or 48? You worked <laughs> overnight, probably didn't sleep well. Yeah. So we appreciate it. Dr. Donahue and I, uh, both want to thank you for your great care. Uh, thank you awesome wish. job that y'all do out there. You. Everybody else, thank y'all for listening. Hopefully y'all uh, can learn something from um, Adam and Michael's care that they provided this patient. Again, thank y'all, and uh, we look forward to next podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks, thank guys. You.